happy Tuesday. I am really looking forward to introducing you to my guest today. Mark Sowersby is the pastor and founder of Forgiving the Nightmare Ministry. And he is going to be sharing a little bit about his story and how the Lord brought him on such an amazing journey to forgive the ones who hurt him. And Forgiving the Nightmare is a ministry to help people walk through forgiveness from past hurts or abuse by sharing the love of God and encouraging people to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He talks about how in 2019 he began speaking publicly about his personal journey, which of course involves being very transparent, very open, very genuine, and it is all throughout his book, Forgiving the Nightmare. So settle in for today's episode with Pastor Mark and... I pray that it really gives you some encouragement that forgiveness is paramount to healing. So wherever you are in your journey, I just really pray that this blesses you today. But before we get started, don't forget I have opened up a few additional spots for the month of September for a food and lifestyle review session. This is one hour to get my eyes on your your routines, your habits, and to spot potential causes for fatigue, where inflammation could be coming from, or just not feeling like you want to feel. This also includes a follow-up call two weeks after, just to see how you are doing with the implementation of the changes that we discussed. The link will be in the show notes. This is at a reduced rate, a payment plan, and no fees included for the month of September. And as you know, if you have been listening, this month is the Treasure Wellness Pod's second anniversary. It's a podversary, and I cannot believe it's been two years. If you have not yet left a five-star review, would you just pause this real quick before we get started with Pastor Mark? Run on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. If you are finding value and enjoying the content and amazing guests that do come on, just please take a moment out of your busy day, and I would appreciate that so, so much. All right, let's get to our conversation. Are you a Christian woman over 40 who is struggling with consistently low energy and fatigue? Are you tired of trying to navigate the ever-changing health chatter all around you? And do you wish there was a simple solution to just feeling good? Boy, do I see you and I hear you. Hi, I'm Michelle, and as a holistic health coach and fellow midlifer, I have realized the answer to our whole health concerns isn't in the online search bar, those fad diets and endless exhausting workouts. Listen, beautiful mama, as the heartbeat of your home, you have spent your life caring for others well. So now is the time to take good care of yourself, get back your energy, and reclaim your entire health during this season. So if you are ready to stop striving and start thriving as your healthiest whole self, then you are in the right place. Grab your iced coffee, a notebook and pen, and let's treasure your wellness. Okay, friends, today I have Pastor Mark Sowersby, and he has been a pastor for 24 years, and he has written a book called Forgiving the Nightmare, and we are just going to speak a little bit about his journey, and um, I'm just really excited for you to hear his story. So welcome, Mark. Well, hi, and thank you for having me, Michelle. It's great to be on your podcast today. Yes, so good to have you. 
You um, began speaking publicly about your personal journey um, in 2019, and then you wrote a book called Forgiving the Nightmare. This book is your personal story of living with ongoing childhood abuse and how God really essentially helped you to forgive, to set yourself free. So what brought you to write this book now? Well, the, the easy and quick answer is God, right? God put it on my heart. And he said, write it. Uh, but there's much more to that answer than just saying God. There's a lot of factors. I think age, the right time uh, in my family. My mom since has passed in around 2019. So a lot of things came to the surface and it brought the, the calling. It brought the passion. It brought the situation to a head. And I wanted to write this book simply because God told me to. I wanted to leave something for my children. I wanted to leave something to say about what I went through. You know, it was not an easy task. I'm a dyslexic. I still am a dyslexic. I wrestle with it. So, you know, God has a sense of humor when he tells a dyslexic to write a book. And uh, so it's been a journey and I wrestled through it and I was able to put my story, my testimony of forgiving my nightmare pen to paper. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And and I love how you wanted to create like a legacy for your kids. Yeah, that's really what we would want to do. I had no idea where this book would go. I didn't know how it would be received. It was not something that we sat down with publishers and, and editors. Really, it was just my wife and I uh, kind of putting pen to paper, working together. She's a school teacher. So she made sure I had periods and capitals in a book. But it's since gone farther than I could ever imagine. I get to talk to great people like yourself and the 700 Club and been on all kinds of programs talking about forgiving the nightmare. And as you said at the beginning, my nightmare was was trauma. You know, it was a child abuse. From the age of seven to 14, I was abused by my mother's husband. I don't call him my stepdad. He came into my life and he abused me in every way, shape and form. And I'm sure our minds can go to those places of ugliness. So the story is really not about the ugliness of abuse. I don't talk about the the, the ugliness of it, the physical aspect. We can all assume and imagine that in every way, shape and form, I was abused. I was beaten. I was taken. I was sold to others for their perversion. And that's really the the quick part of my story. And when the abuse ended when I was 14, a couple great things happened in my life. First of all, I fought my attacker off. I physically fought him off. It wasn't a Muhammad Ali moment or a Mike Tyson. It was just me pushing my abuser off. And then I found somebody who believed me. My uncle stood up for me and he protected me with his love, his strength, and his power. So at 14, the abuse ended and I thought, okay, it's done. But as anybody who's walked through any kind of trauma knows the scars of trauma, the scars of rejection, the scars of hurt and lies can linger in somebody's psyche and soul and body for years. And that's really what the journey of forgiving the nightmare. The nightmare for me was the trauma of child abuse. And the journey was to go to forgiveness. I love that so much, Pastor Mark, because... So many Christians really stuff down their emotions, right? Sure. They they really don't want to or know how to deal with their past trauma. It is not something that is really talked about that much in the church as a whole. Um, we may know that we have past trauma. We'll never forget our trauma, of course, but it's just not talked about that much. And so we are encouraged to forgive and forget or at least forgive, 
but we're not necessarily, and, and this is not in, this is in generalization, right? But sure. we're not necessarily encouraged to do the work involved to truly heal from the trauma, like truly heal. But the, the thing is, is that so much of our whole health, you know, I, I talk about whole health, mind, sure. body, soul, spirit. It all stems from us going backwards to go forwards in our healing, in true healing, right? And sure. and that involves sure. Jesus. We have to Amen. get Jesus involved, right? Amen. Amen. So, sure, for a long time, you know, that trauma, my trauma, my abuse was the rudder which has steered my life. You know, it was I everything I did was through the lens of my brokenness, my insecurity, my fears, which the abuser gave me. His words were much louder than his attacks, if you would, for a lifetime. The attacks ended in a season, but the insecurity, fear, rejection of oneself, the hatred that he gave to me because of what he did for me. So I lived my life in the shadow of this, of this abuse, this toxic stew that made up who I am. And I realized God wanted more for me. And you're right. I had to do the work. I knew the scriptures and I hung on to the scriptures and I trusted in the scriptures. You'll forgive those who trespass against you. But I had to do the work. And the work is the hard thing because the work I had to wrestle with myself. I had to wrestle with what I wanted to be and where I came from. And I had to wrestle emotionally with my abuser again. And I didn't want to go there. I wanted to bury it. I wanted to hide it. I wanted to self-medicate. Oh, my medication was never narcotics or drugs. But boy, give me a, give me a cheesecake. You know, give me a, uh, give me a donut. I medicated myself that way. So again, I didn't do anything uh, that was perfect, but I had God beside me. So I had to start this journey and it was slow. And it was, it was one step forward and two steps back. I asked all the questions anybody else would ask. I asked God, if you're a loving God, why, if you're real, how, you know, all the things that a thinking human being would ask And God, how am I supposed to love you and hate somebody else? And in the journey of forgiveness, God came beside me. I use a scripture to kind of model that, if you would, you know, when I first got saved, people would tell me if. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. I had no clue what that meant. I didn't, I didn't come from a Christian home. And one of the first casualties of any trauma is I didn't trust. You lose trust in anybody or anything. So I didn't trust church. I didn't trust the Bible. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust anyone. But somebody said to me, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And I thought, well, what, what does that mean? And really in my heart of hearts, not in an audible voice, but I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, hey, Mark, can you move a pebble? Oh, God, I could be the best pebble mover you ever had. And slowly by surely, the pebble became a rock and the rock became a stone and the stone became a boulder and the boulder became a mound and the mound became a hill. And in the lifetimes of ups and downs and getting married and having children and victories and defeats and sorrows and celebrations, then one day later in my life, God would say, God, let's go move that mountain. And I knew the mountain for me to set me free was to forgive my abuser and my mother and those who wounded me. And I, I thought, you know, what? I don't want to do it, God. Don't ask me to do it. It's too big. I don't want to carry that burden. I, I don't want to carry that cross. But the Lord would say again in my heart of hearts, he said, Mark, how'd you move the pebble? How'd you move the stone and the boulder? And I said, God, you helped me do it all. He goes, now I'm going to help you move this mountain. And that's the faith that motivated me. Now I needed friends. 
I needed support. I needed counselors. I needed coaches. I needed pastors. I needed a community to help me in that journey. But the journey came when I started to learn what forgiveness was and wasn't. You know, I grew up in the culture where they would say, forgive and forget, right? You forgive, you let it go. Well, how can you let go when somebody steals your innocence, when somebody invades your, your most hardest and deepest places? And God started to show me that I can forgive and still have boundaries. I can forgive and still seek justice. I can forgive and still say it's not right. And forgiveness is not a one-day affair. It's not like one time you forgive. I think it's constant. You know, in the in the Lord's Prayer, forgive, give us this day our daily bread and help us forgive those who trespass against us. That daily part, I think, reflects both the bread and the forgiveness. Every day we have to forgive. And, and knowing that it's okay to let it go and let God. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying I approve of it. I'm not saying that it's it was okay. I'm forgiving in spite of it because God tells me to forgive. And I rest in the arms of Jesus. And I receive, I receive the blessing from forgiving because I cut the bounds. I'm no longer shackled to the, my past. And now I can be a new creation in Christ. Wow. I love that so much too, because it is a daily intentional action to forgive. It's not a one-time thing, you know, just like, you know, there's no one size fits all. There's no, you know, we are also bio-individually created by our creator. And so we need to treat our soul health, our spiritual health, our emotional and mental health the same way right? Like we need to be gentle with ourselves, but it does take intentional action every day to get to that point where we can forgive in a way where it doesn't trigger us anymore, where it doesn't um, make us freeze and keep us in that fight or flight, you know, trauma, trauma, stress response, you know, and really I love three John two. I keep it by my desk. Um, it says, beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy good health as your soul also prospers. Amen. That, that means like God wants us all mind, body, soul, spirit to be in good health. Amen. And so we do need to focus on our spiritual health first to help us thrive in all other areas. And when we're speaking about trauma, then it will help us to no longer be stuck in the bondage of the trauma, which by the way, is where Satan wants us to be. Amen. Amen. Right. So what I love so much about your book is that you have scripture written all throughout, like all throughout your book, you've got it like woven throughout. And it really helps because we can't in our flesh forgive on our own. There's no way, but in your book, you equip people on how to go from that that victim mentality to victorious mentality because you, you, we've got God's help through it. And so I, I just want people to know that this book is an incredible resource for scripture in helping us get out of our head and into what God says about us, about who we are, whose we are. So I want to ask you, like, what can we do if this is where we find ourselves right now? And what would be a good first step towards victory? Well, to reach out. You know, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is that you're the only one that's ever gone through this. You're the only one that's ever dealt with this addiction, this, this trauma, this pain, this 
this hurt, this wound, and it embarrasses us. No, we don't want to share with others our weakness, so we internalize it. But like any pain, it's going to come out somewhere. It may not come out where it's supposed to, but it's going to come out to the ones we love. It's going to come out to affect ourselves. It's going to come out. So one of the biggest lies is that the enemy says, just keep it to yourself, forget about it. But you know, reach out to somebody, obviously, you can trust anything we've been through, other people have been through. There's nothing new under the sun, Solomon said. So, you know, there's our people out there. Find a support team. Find a prayer partner. Find a, a church that you can trust. I know they're not all the same. Find some people that you can say, listen, this is me behind the veil. You know, this is what I'm going through. This is what keeps me up at night. This is what haunts me. This is what's stealing from me. And then that's the first step, you know, reach out, find those people, and then be willing to go through the journey. And the journey's hard. Uh, you know, I, I'm, the, I'm the one that he left the 99 for more than once. I wanted to throw in the towel. I can't say it was always a mountaintop experience. This was full of valleys. Some days I felt like the king of the world. And other days I said, God, I can't do it anymore. So it's just a real journey. And let me just add this. That forgiveness for me, I always thought when it came, it would look like rainbows and butterflies. You know, I'd be skinny, healthy, beautiful, and rich. That didn't happen. The mountain of abuse that that cast a shadow over my life, I thought would get super small and go away. Oh, I still have remnants. I still have thoughts. I still have triggers. But what happened is the mountain of God got bigger than the mountain of abuse. The mountain of God outshined the lies of abuse. is. Do I still remember? Can I still go back? Does the enemy still attack? Yes, but God became bigger. God became bigger than the abuse, bigger than the hurts, and his light is greater than all the hurt. My perspective changed. I don't deny that I was an abused victim. I was, but my God is bigger. Yeah, and there's a lot that you, when you said reach out too, I mean, absolutely, because we can't do this on our own. And there are some amazing trained professionals that can help us trained Christian professionals that can help us. You know, there's EMDR, there's um, neuro and biofeedback therapy, there's cognitive behavior therapy. There's so much more out there than that goes beyond talk therapy because talk therapy has its place. But when we're talking about some serious trauma, we need to work deeper. We need to peel that onion a little bit deeper and work on the nervous system response as well. And so getting God involved in that, like what I love so much about some of these modalities is you can literally see on the screen, once you're hooked up to these sensors or these electrodes, how your body's reacting to the thought that comes into your mind. So when that memory comes up, you are seeing on the screen how your body is reacting and you can change the way you react to it from deep breathing and just helping your body, you know, talking through, you know, talking to, we talk to ourselves all the time anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, So talking through and, and telling us, telling ourselves what God says about us, we are valued. We are Amen. chosen. We are beloved. We are royalty. Amen. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I'll definitely go into uh, talking about PTSD. You know, I was never a soldier. 
But I remember when I first started to join a church, I was about 16 years old, and they had a snare drum. You know, we're those crazy evangelicals, so we have snare drums, you know. And 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 the snare, every time the snare drum hit, I jumped. I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize the physical reaction I was having to that slap of the drum until an older man in our church who was a veteran, he came up to me and he said, Mark, you're shell-shocked. I didn't understand what that meant. Shell-shocked. I've never seen battle. I was a child. I didn't know what it meant. But he let me know about PTSD. So there I reached out. And I was blessed to grow up with a, with a pastor who's definitely a professor. He's an educator. So he did ignore those signs. And he gave me good counsel. And not only did I find counsel from him, but I found counseling from others, coaches and, and Christian counselors. You know, I never went through a lot of those psychological tests, as you're mentioning. But I did think the Lord brought me through them in his own way. Again, meeting that man who recognized my PTSD, learning about some breathing exercises, learning about how to calm myself, learning to realize that most of my time I'm in flight. You know, I was right. flying, I'm fleeing from everything and having to be able to calm myself and say, not the, not the biggest bang is going to chase me away. And also learning that I didn't have to be what God, what the, my abuse called me. You know, the abuse shaped me. It was like the water that shapes the rock. It was always about me. It was always running over me. It was always, it's what I heard loudest for many, many years. I hated myself because that's what the abuser taught me. I was junk. I was fat. I was stupid. I was old. So all these negatives. And then what happened is, as I started to trust God, as I started to, to lean on the word, as I started to read it, I started to renew my mind, right? Take this heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. And it transformed you. And it wasn't overnight. And I didn't want to let go. You know, I was hanging on to my white knuckles. But eventually, by journeying, experience, and by the word of God, I started to see myself in a new light. Humble, um, honest. You know, knowing I still have places to work on. I'm far, 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 ask my wife. I'm not perfect in any sense, uh, but I'm not junk. Yeah, I'm, I'm a work in progress. He's the potter and I'm the clay, but I don't have to be the dirt. I, and that's how I saw myself. So when you see yourself in a different light, the, the mask that we put on for everybody else to see, we change and say, here I am. Yeah, I've been through some stuff. Yeah, I don't have all the answers. And sometimes my foot, fits perfectly in my mouth, but you know, sometimes I can come up with a good one too. So I think that honesty of just knowing who you are, um, not in a very sober way, and the Lord will lead you to that. He can use He can use tools like you mentioned. He can use uh, uh, all kinds of ways to heal his people. You know, that's what he does. He healed when he touched the leper that was sick. He didn't catch leprosy. The leper got clean. Think about that for a second. When Christ touched somebody that was sick, he didn't get sick. They caught what he had and they got clean. And as we touch the hem of his garment and we call on his name and we go through the process, it wasn't instant for me. David said, I walked through the valley. You know, I walked through the valley of my healing and I'm still walking through it, but it's still a healing. And I know that God's with us and he transforms us and makes us new. Amen. That is just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful because he wants more for his people. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want us sad, sick and stuck. You know, he wants us to be free. He wants us. I mean, Jesus came for us to have an abundant life. Amen. And when we get stuck in the fear that Satan wants us to be stuck right. in, it really hinders us and it cripples us from living that optimal life and that abundant life. That's right. So in the back of my book, 
I have what I call trail markers. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, I like to hike. And a couple of years ago, I hiked Mount, Mount Marcy. It's the highest mountain in the state of New York. And you really have to follow the trail markers because many trails cross or pass or come together for a while. And if you don't follow your trail marker, it's easy to get lost. And I didn't want to get lost above the Alpine line. I didn't want there's bears there. I didn't want to get lost. So I had to really follow these trails. So it, I, I kind of use that image in the back of my book and give you some of my trail markers that I put before me. They're mine. They're, it's not a magic bullet. It's not a magic wand. Then I'm sure you have your own, but there's things that I put for how's my prayer life. Am I praying quick to bless me prayers or am I praying, Lord, I'm seeking you prayers? How, you know, how's my, how's my, uh, you know, my reading my word? Am I reading my word to just, you know, say, hey, check the box or am I reading it to study? Am I being honest with self? Am I letting my friends come in my life and having real relationships? Am I putting walls up or can they say, hey, Mark, you need a Tic Tac? You know, there's lots of things that I'm putting there on my trail markers to say, you know, am I still on my path? Am I still walking in this forgiveness? Am I still walking? Or has the, the weeds grown up and allowed me to get back into some old habits? And they do. They do. They grow up. And before you know it, you say you confess it, you claim it, you stand on it. And then you go back, where, how did I get back to step two? But so I put these things to kind of help me on my journey. And I call them trail markers. They're perfect for me. Yeah, I think that's great. We all need a guide. And that's what your book gives us a lot of scriptural guide and truth as well. So I love that. This is such an important conversation. And um, could you give one quick, quick win for my listeners for encouragement? Just give them a treasure truth. Sure. I, you know, I think the win is when you stop thinking of yourself, as we mentioned earlier, that, that, that you know, I was junk. I hated myself. I hated myself because that's what I was taught from an early age, from seven. I hated Mark. And I learned Christ says, uh, love your neighbors as yourself. You didn't want me to love you because I didn't know how to love myself. And when I learned to love God, I learned to love myself. And in that grace is where I found freedom. The journey's still ahead of me. I still have ups and downs. But I found how to love myself, not in an egotistical way, not in a narcissistic way, not in a pretend way, but a way to be honest. So learning to love oneself and knowing that God loves me and he sent his son to die for me. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Mark, for joining me today. This has been so good. How can my listeners get in, get in touch with you and get your book? Well, there's a couple of ways. First, you can go to our our website at forgivingthenightmare.com, forgivingthenightmare.com. That's my radio voice, forgivingthenightmare.com. Also, you can go to Amazon, look up Forgiving the Nightmare, and they have it right on Amazon. You can order it that way. And you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter, uh, either Mark or Forgiving the Nightmare. They're all combined together. So check us out, forgivingthenightmare.com. I love it. That's great. Well, I love your message of how faith and forgiveness go hand in hand. That is so beautiful. It is so healing and it is so necessary in our church today, for sure. Would you mind um, closing us out in prayer and just send, just saying a prayer of encouragement over our listeners? Father God, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. We thank you that your word says we're more than conquerors. Lord, many of us that are hearing this today have traumas. 
Lord, traumas that have tried to shackle us and hold us down. But Father, your word tells us that there's victory in you and through you. So I pray today, whoever hears this word, Father, no matter where they are on that journey, it doesn't bring up shame or pain. But I pray my testimony of what you've done through me. So it's your story. Father, brings hope that if God can pull a guy like me out of the miry clay, you can rescue, set free anyone, Lord God. So today, we're not trash, but we are treasures in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Mark. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the show and such an important topic. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Michelle. God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, friend. I hope it challenged you, encouraged you, and stretched you in some way. If it did, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who has been praying for a breakthrough in her whole health? Also, it would bless me so much if you would pop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick review to let me know how much you are liking the content and to help other women just like you find the show. Treasured Wellness can also be found on Christian Mix 106 and Radio Free America online streaming radio stations. So check out those two amazing platforms. One more thing, come on over to our Facebook community, Holistic Health for Christian Women Over 40. I would love to see you there. Until next time, remember, you are a beautiful treasure.